So why should we bother to pray if God already knows what we're going to ask for? Prayer involves so much more than making personal requests. It connects us with God and works to bring our wills into conformity with His. So how then should we pray? First, James tells us to pray in community, not just by ourselves and for ourselves. So when we pray together, life is shared and community is born. We also confess our sins, not just to God, but to each other. Through this vulnerable transparency, God knits souls together in authentic community, and we discover the true benefit of prayer. Well, welcome everyone to the program. I'm Neil Parks. It's good to be back with you. Uh, now, last time we were in the conclusion of James's letter in chapter 5, verse 7. So James encourages patience and inspiration to endure to the end. Uh, verse 7 says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. We as believers will always have the tendency to complain in our uncertainty and sufferings, don't we? So Brother James always gets right to the point, doesn't he, of the matter, encouraging us to be persistent in our faith walk with the Lord. So James knows that the sufferings and the persecutions are going to get worse. And with that said, as we look back in chapter 1, he is adamantly telling us to, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. He goes on and says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual, big word here, maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. So here we are. Let's read Ephesians 5.27 for some confirmation. He has given himself so that he can present the church as his radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, and unblemished, completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before him. That just val validates, if you will, what James just told us about counting it all joy. There's going to be testing. There's going to be trials and temptations. Now, it's been said that James was a prayer warrior and that he had calluses on his knees from kneeling in prayer to the Lord. So with that said, I love how the message translation, the paraphrase, explains prayer to be reckoned with. 
in the message, chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together and anoint you with oil in the name of the Master, believing it will prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you send, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Verse 16 through 18, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Now, Elijah, for instance, human, just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't, not a drop, for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came and everything started to grow again. James goes on to say, confess your faults one to another which must be understood of sins committed against one another, which should be acknowledged, and repentance for them declared. So in order to mutually forgive and be reconciled, and this is necessary at all times and especially on beds of affliction, and when death and eternity seem near and approaching. James goes on to say, And pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer, get this, of a righteous man or woman availeth much. So not any man's prayer, James is saying, not the prayer of a profane sinner, for God heareth not sinners nor of hypocrites and formal professors, but of the righteous man who is justified by the righteousness of Christ and has truth of grace in him and lives soberly and righteously. For a righteous man often designs, get this, a good man, a gracious man, one that is, is sincere and upright. Not any prayer of a righteous man is of reward, but that which is effectual and fervent. Now, that's huge, folks. That has power and energy and life in it, which is with the spirit and with the understanding, with the heart, even with a true heart and in faith, and which is put up with fervency and not any cold, lukewarm, lifeless, formal, and customary way. Now that prayer, which is constant and continual and without ceasing and is persistent. So some translate this prayer as inspired. The Spirit of God breathes into men and women the breath of spiritual life, and they live And being quickened by him, they breathe. And prayer is the breath 
of the spiritual person and is no other than the sound of the Spirit of God in him. And such prayer cannot fail of success. So you see, when we pray to God, this is communion with him. God loves his bride to talk with him. Actually, this communion can be defined as, get this, intercourse in the Spirit. That's how intimate God feels about communicating with his bride. In Colossians 1.16 says, All things were created through him, Jesus, and for him. We are his bride and have been created to have an intimate relationship with him for eternity. So James wraps up his letter here with the encouragement to be always on the outlook for unbelievers and believers as well that stumble and wander. And he does that in verse 19 and 20. In 19, he says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I say, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right this moment in time. Lord Jesus, we come and we come knowing that we need more communication with you. Lord Jesus, I lift up every one of my listeners here today. I, myself, and they, Father God, would come and we would pray, and we would pray fervently, Lord. We would pray with authority that you have given us. This communication with you is one part of why you created us, to communicate with you, Lord. We're here on this planet. We're walking, but without communication, we're lost, Lord. Father God, so I pray for all my listeners here. This is a vital moment of, of time that we live in, Lord Jesus, that we come to you and we seek you with all of our hearts. And your word says where we do that, and where we pray, we will find you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that we have been in this study. Father God, it is so nutritious. And we love you and pray, Father God, that each and every person that crosses our mind, you have put that person on our heart to pray for. And we thank you, Father God, for who we are in you, your word says, Jesus, that apart from you, we can do nothing. So we pray right now for each other. We will not forsake the gathering. We come and we pray in community. In your precious name, Jesus, amen and amen. My listeners, it's always good to be with you. We wrap this letter that James 
has written to the church up, and I look forward to seeing and being with you again this time next week. So email me at fillthelamp at yahoo.com. It's all one word, fillthelamp at yahoo.com. So until next time, God bless each and every one of you. I'm Neil Parks.